good, man. Kuya Chris. <laughs> <laughs> here at Phil's, not sponsored. Phil's. We've been here a lot. It's good. Um, I'm going to do a knockoff brand, but it's just with the Phil's? OS. <laughs> Hey, they like those, uh, what are those, what do they call those? It's not a parody or, yeah, parody, is it parodies? Yeah, you know? parody. When I was, um, I think I was probably in college already. You know, if you go to, uh, I don't know if it's SM's, but you know, malls over there, they have, the, they used to have this stall of t-shirts and they just had a bunch of like, like fed up. You yeah, know? So they still have that. They still, they still have that, and they've been around for a while. A long time. And they do consistent designs. Before I had ever got to the Philippines, and uh, seen that they had hella good graphic designers and different things, all I knew were the parody shirts. <laughs> and so I was like, I would just, hey, Dad, if you go there, get me some of those shirts, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then um, I remember I. Uh, there's guys when I first got out there. They're still there. Uh, Team Manila. Yes. And yes. then um, like a bunch of different graphic designers, and they yeah. would do cool stuff. And yeah, I love to look at their stuff. But that was my first introduction that they had other stuff besides a uh, parody yeah. <laughs> and bench. <laughs> and bench. Dude, yeah. man, we um. Well, we've been seen each other several times since since I got back here to the U.S. But. The last time we were in Philippines together was August. Damn. Right? Is that eight months already? Huh? I July? think so, right? Yeah, August. Dude, we're in 2020 now. Time is flying by, man. Bro. It's already, se- yeah, six months ago. Damn. We're on the 7th right now. How long was your trip out there when I saw you? How long had you, you stayed the, on I that trip? I think June, July, August. Because I think I was there for a good month and a half before mm-hmm. our trip for my study abroad. Right. So I was in Manila at UP and I was, uh, that was around a month and a half. And then afterwards is when I yeah. went to visit y'all. And then I think my total time in the Philippines was around two and a half months yeah. or so. And that's when I visited you. And then after that, that's when I went to Vietnam, right? Hey, but we saw each other twice, right? Like you came to Bacola with your dad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we saw each other that time, and then we—that's when we made the plan. Yeah, 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 yeah. Also, I I came before. That was before the actual trip. Yeah, that was before. And then I think we planned it. So was that? Tell me about uh, the UP. Uh, situation that you went out there to do the study abroad what was that like and what was that about the UP study abroad was the actual first time that Berkeley has done a study abroad in the Philippines for the students so that was cool and that was also a switch for me to actually be able to learn from professors in the Philippines right? right like I'm in the academia world here in the U.S. with mm-hmm. ethnic studies and stuff like that and I've gotten a lot out of it. It's a totally different experience diving deep with the professors in the Philippines. Yeah. None of the content that they have is available here, here. I would say. There's some wow. depth with the professors here mm-hmm. and it's great for the Phil Am perspective mm-hmm. but it's totally different being with professors who are diving deep in the Philippines and it was dope because every day was a different topic Mm -hmm. but still focused on the Philippines we had anthropologist like that anthropology anthropology whatever anthropology (laughs) professors there right that he they found the Homo luzonensis, right? The new, the uh, homo humanoid that's in the Philippines just recently. That was in 2018 or 2019. So what did those guys who were part of that? You were able to learn from them, and then professors in terms of the ethnic dances dive into that uh, professor who did all the research for the Filipino tattoos the preeminent one of all the folks who are writing books here like uh, Lane Wilkin references her and you got to be with with her and uh, ask questions all about that and learn from just a wide range of folks 
like this guy who's written all the books in the Philippines for history and really asked their perspectives. Right? So were these like um, long classes or were they seminars or like, because I mean, it sounds like you got uh, to hear from a lot of different people. Is that, was it uh, actual like courses or how did, how did they structure your It was like a seminar a day in-depth oh, dive with each professor. Like a whole day long? Yeah, kind of. Sometimes there'll be two different professors okay. in a day and then they'll have, we'll have like a session, a few hours break, a session for a few hours. And then maybe we'll have three days on campus and then there would be a community field trip. Okay. Yeah, two other days like that. So we are able to go to different places, whether that was Baguio and see the Cordilleras yeah. and then have a class session before and after that to frame the issues in the area whether if we went up north we would have a study first on displacement and the militarization and then go actually and then go see the community visits That's afterwards cool. and then kind of come back and talk about yeah. that so it was very intentional of how yeah. it was prepared right. and that's props to the organizer out here On Tita Joy yeah because she was a preeminent scholar and activist in the Philippines and now she teaches here at Berkeley okay. and it was her initiative to set up the program in a way that structures what they call an exposure trip because uh -huh. community organizations yeah okay. a lot of community organizations here and activists have sent folks back to the Philippines on what they call exposure trips right. for years, yeah. right? This is one of the first times that a uh, professor was able to get it institutionalized in terms of backing by the university mm -hmm. and then structure it in similar ways with similar goals for you to be immersed in communities at the same time have that academic rigor yeah. and theory behind it. So you know, academia likes theory but also with the intentional of see things with your own eyes in that way. The other trips that you had done before and been a part of, you get this uh, immersion exposure, but you didn't have the direct uh, or intentional like interaction with professors. Yeah, like yeah, that. yeah. So a lot of the other trips I've had, there are what they call situationers. Mm -hmm. We'd have a workshop yeah. of this is how the Philippines is right now. This yeah. is how we analyze and view it class analysis, uh, current political issues, and then we'll go visit, things like that. This one was very more structured in regards to reaching out to the professors, right? right? And getting their perspective also, especially very intentionally with it done in UP, UP de la Man, which is seen as a hub for the theory of a lot of activists. Right. So right. that was very also empowering in a way because mm -hmm. it is se seen to be a hub of activism right. in the Philippines and uh, this very it's also very humbling to be able to go to that hub yeah. right they say oh it's like the Berkeley public school right. top public school of the right. Philippines right, right? Uh, you know there's the politics of public <laughs> and private yeah. right in the Philippines yeah. and who has access to that but as a public school UP Diliman is definitely on the top did they um, well, the group that you went with through Berkeley, was it all um, Berkeley students that you were interacting with, at least, in, or were there other people from other schools from here as well? It was actually open okay. for other schools to sign up, but then the cohort just became Berkeley students, right? Just because it's easier for them to sign up to. Were there like students that. from UP also in your group? No. Or was just mostly you guys interacting just with us, them? yeah. Okay. That's the only downside. I wish we would have been able to be placed in classes that were ongoing, yeah. but the academic calendar yeah, didn't yeah. really fit. Okay. And school classes actually started maybe a week or two after we got there and we were in the role of things also and so since it was also a condensed program where it was really only a month and a half or yeah. so we weren't there for the whole say quarter or whole right, semester right, right, right. that a class session in the philippines would have been right. going on right? so, so uh observing that 
and I know you've organized a lot of different uh, trips where you've brought people from different schools to go over there and then you experiencing this with Berkeley and, and what you just said there of, like what would have been nicer do you have any plans of organizing things that would be either like a combination of the best things that you've mm. done already and things like that I definitely see myself helping other people go back to the Philippines and be exposed to that. I'm not sure in what capacity mm -hmm. right now yeah. because I am supportive of groups that are already doing it. So okay. I don't want to okay. reinvent yeah, the yeah, wheel. Right, right. The only time that I organized a trip was when this group called Kapataan Alliance, mm -hmm. they're the ones I went with like two years. Okay. There was one year where they didn't have the capacity to organize a trip. You so did. that's when I organized Okay, one. okay. And then they're doing it now again. So I always encourage folks, hey, go visit go this it. trip. Or now, since I think it's going to happen again, the Berkeley one, okay. I push people to go there. Okay. Right. And depends on the conversations I have with right. people. Like, what are you looking for? Yeah. Right. And if these other organizations can hit those objectives for individuals, I'll refer them to that. Okay. Right. But. If I see folks who are kind of more aligned with things that are not yet there, then I'll, for example, I'll say, hey, let's reach out to John. There's okay. this N2L, things like yeah. that. So I see myself as a bridge right, right now, not yet fully creating full programs, but I see that in the future, right? right? Being intentional about, hey, let's expose Filipino-Americans to the realities of Filipinos in the Philippines that are not as privileged, right? right? Because a lot of Philams go back, yep. but it's a lot of tourist yeah. and family time, yes. and it's a, a little siloed. Yeah. Not that it's bad no, no, no. to spend time. I, I think we also want to be the ones enjoying the Philippines sure, in course. a way, but being taking some intentional time to also expose yourself to the underground activism of folks who are not necessarily in the sphere of your own family yeah. privilege or yeah. tourism. Well, I think it, it can be so much more. It's like, you why not get it all, get as much as you can out of the time you went all the way over there. Yeah, I, I yeah, got, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny yeah. because you, I mean, well, you know, I lived there for a long time and I still go back a lot. I mean, you know, three to four times a year. And, you know, you're there regularly as well. And sometimes I talk to people here and I don't realize that sometimes they only go every six years or yeah. something like that, yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. things change and then yeah. you really only have time for family and, mm -hmm. you know, they hear stuff that you're doing or that, that we're a part of and they're like, oh man, that's so cool. I didn't know that, mm -hmm. you know, because mm -hmm. your, your time there, like you said, it's spent with family and then sometimes it's uh, doing touristy things with family, you know, and reconnecting with family and, that, and that's good. But I think it's so... There's even just little ways where you can kind of, I don't know, I say like, see the real Philippines, yeah, you know? Yeah. Sometimes we're just driving and I'll be in sugarcane fields or passing rice fields and I'll just be like, hey, it's the Philippines, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, just like, it's not, um, you know, the mall or something like that, yeah, you know? Yeah. Or, it, or it's, I, sometimes I imagine, wow, this is probably just like how it was like when I look at the fields and everything and see them still, the Carabao's out there. and Like, man, that's probably still how it was when, when my dad was here in certain areas, mm -hmm, you know? Mm -hmm. And um, I don't know, it, it's interesting. But I, uh, you know, we talked about how that was kind of like, I don't know, it was luck, I don't believe in luck, but you hit me up, you're like, hey, I'm gonna be in Bacola and my dad's going out there. I just decided to go with him. And then we met up, you know, had a training session, uh, but jujitsu. But um, and we in that time we talked about I was sharing with you some of the stuff we we're doing, like at the social development center, some of the people that we've been introduced to, and you know, you decided you wanted to come back. You know, did we ever talk about that before SDC and stuff? 
Or was it always mean, just jujitsu stuff or I, like basketball thing? I'm not. I mean, I know. So previously to, I think we had only been going there to the social development center for about a year. Mm. By the time that, at least the time that you had come, you know, maybe a little bit more than that. At least the first time you came that we met in Bacola. <clears throat> but I, um, I don't remember. You know, I, think, I, yeah, really, I, think I really don't remember. To, like, I mean, we might have just yeah. talked about it, but yeah, yeah. nothing of. I mean, at that time, I introduced you to our friend Sarah, um, mm -hmm. who was actually the one who introduced us to the Social Development Center. Been doing work there for a long time, and I don't know, we just chilling in the rooftop and talking and stuff like that. But I is that when we planned? I the think trip? we we said, hey, come back at oh, this day. Okay. We can set it up. Yeah. So yeah, what yeah. happened was, I remember because. Uh, we our goal was to go check out um, Gimaras, where the people, the young, the children in conflict with the law, if they were going to get sentenced, where they would go to rehabilitation on another island, they would leave the detention center or the development center and go to the other island. And we had never been there, and we were talking about uh, Georgia and I about really wanting to go there and see what life is like. And then we had promised the kids who had been transferred that we would visit them. And I remember us talking about that and deciding, hey, maybe we can do it. Maybe we can come out. And then we had some like uh, paperwork stuff to do to mm -hmm. find out if it was possible. Mm -hmm. Then we ended up making those dates. Oh yeah, okay, and, I remember, uh, yes, yes, yes. So, <clears throat> excuse me, but when you said you were down to come out, then I immediately tried to schedule with our scholars from Romblon mm, to mm. with uh, our director Epsky to also come out at the same time. I, I don't know. I always like these little like kind of collaborations, and if we're gonna do something like just you know expose. If you talk about, we have these scholars in in the province of Romblon, and several of them are uh what do they call it criminology majors mm -hmm. right i don't know what it is about um athletes over there but they tell them oh you're tall you should be uh if you're not going to be a flight attendant you should be a policeman or so i guess there's a high requirement for these things you know so that's your opportunity so i find that a lot of our athletes they either want to be coaches, go into education, or um, criminology, you know, police. So I figured, hey, if we're gonna go check out this um, rehab center, let's bring our criminology majors, you know, because that's something we can uh, give them that they won't get in school, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. so, mm -hmm. you know, brought them out, and so it was, uh, we, we scheduled that time, and they were able to come from Romblon, you came to Bacolod, got on that boat <laughs> and we went over to Gimaras. Um, what, you did some workshops there. Mm -hmm. Tell me what your experience was, what you did and what your experience was over there with your workshops. Right. So we get to the rehab center, right? And I was actually impressed mm -hmm. by the space. Yeah. Right? I was like, this looks nice. You had been to the social development center. I've been to center. the social development center, where it should actually be called a social de de detention center, right? Where they're on like uncovered foam yeah. mattresses, if they even get a mattress, yes. right? Yeah. Because there's not enough for everybody. That's right. And then kids are like their own po police officers. Right? Like sometimes it's the kids saying where you can stay. Right, right. right? The police, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah right, they're right, like, right. oh, yeah, you're in this room, you're in that room, yeah. right? The house parents, which is supposed to be the one running the place, yeah. from what I heard, yeah. is just more like, oh, hey, any issues? No, hey. Yeah. That, a little step back. Yeah. Or, and then we arrive at the SDC spot, and there's a kid in the little jail. Oh, yeah, yeah, right? yeah, 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 like yeah, behind yeah, the yeah, bars yeah, while the other trouble, kids yeah. are roaming free and yeah. stuff because he tried to run away yeah. or something. Yeah. So I was like, oh, okay, this looks like what I imagined, expect, imagine yeah. from some spots. And you told me that's already been improved yeah. because before they would just be pooping and like... Yeah, yeah like the bathroom bad, situation yeah, was not good. was yeah. not good. But that's... And so 
I was expecting similar living conditions and that's why I was kind of impressed with the rehab, rehab center and if we find out that that rehab center has actually won awards yes yeah. or being like a one of the top yeah. spots yeah right and I guess it's kind of dependent on the local folks who are yeah. running it to maintain a certain quality yeah. and so definitely got to give props to those yeah. folks and how it's being yeah, run. Yeah, they definitely have their own vision over there. So. Yeah, and I think when I wasn't really sure what to expect, but I was coming in with like an open mind, right? And I was also nervous because I was like, I don't, I don't, how will they take on the workshop, music yeah. workshop, yeah. rap uh, writing workshop that I was going to do, but I brought my equipment, the gear yeah. to record. And then I was pleasantly surprised and actually not even surprisingly surprised right that they had a music program already already, it, yeah right that a dude there w has been running recording sessions and teaching them they had a whole setup of drums yeah. guitar bass all the amps yeah. things like that they weren't really actually that prepared for recording right, right. right and so once i brought that those gears even the local head who was running the music program was really engaged yeah. I was like oh, okay yeah. how can we do this yeah. there right and so when we started the talks about what the weekend would look like right it would be that i would run a workshop on writing and then record some mm -hmm. of them and then once that started going they're actually shy at first right, right? i was right. like oh i had to share a little bit my, myself perform a little yeah. kind of break break down the little mini concert the little <laughs> mini concert right and then it turned out that a lot of them were already writers they had it inside these already. motherfuckers were trying to be like all quiet yeah, yeah, yeah. and i do my shit and then i'm like i'm like you fools have yeah. written books for the right. raps they came with notebooks they came and they with notebooks once they started feeling comfortable mm -hmm. And here I am with my semi-shitty rap. I'm gonna be like, oh, I was like so embarrassed afterwards uh, with my freestyling Tagalog. Yeah. Like you fuckers being yeah. all quiet and little humble and stuff. Yeah. And they've got verses, right? So once I saw that, I was like, okay, let's record, yeah. right? And I threw on a beat and then recorded their verses and they were just laying it yeah. one after another. I think I just put it on a loop and the piece was like 15 minutes long yeah. to 20 minutes of verse after verse of yeah. different people, right? Yeah. Writing and sharing what they've written. Yeah. And I saw that that was their therapy. Yeah, right? absolutely. Very grateful that Flip Top, mm -hmm. the battle league in the Philippines has really put it into the mainstream for the youth to want to rap and yeah. to use that as an outlet yeah, to tell absolutely. their stories and has made it very cool yeah. and has exposed, brought that hip-hop culture more so to the Philippines in a way that is very digestible yeah. for folks because it's online that yeah. they can view it, yeah. right? And they're consistently ingesting that medium, yeah. that form of art, right? Yeah. Of course, there's a history of it with Francis yeah. M. Glock 9 that's been yeah. there for a minute yeah. uh, but it's really blown up in the last 5 to 10 years right it's just, it's nice I think it was when I was watching what you were doing you know anytime that we can give a platform for these guys to express themselves and then be heard you know because your, your passion for uh, the workshop and just the community comes out when I watch you and the, and the guys are they're, they're spitting their verse and the other guys are watching you they're watching you record and they're just seeing like how you're vibing it yeah, and yeah. you're into it yeah. and you're like joyous about it it's like you're already these young guys even though they, they, they've written stuff down they're they're taking a chance right you know how to you're taking a chance to let it out yeah you're taking a chance to let out in front of people off of your book you're taking a chance to put it on a beat that you haven't heard before or whatever there's all different levels of uh out of your comfort zone 
and then they do that and then they see you like on the headphones and you, you know i mean and it was great to watch right i got some video of just that part and then you see okay the other guy's coming on and next and then even got some of our our own team that we brought to go out and do some yeah, stuff yeah. and I, and i think that is um it just felt good it felt good to see that happen it felt good to um see how you were received and the words even that you were giving the um the uh just the vibe that you were able to create in that little little chapel actually right <laughs> <laughs> it was in a chapel right rap chapel man and i i feel like you know while you were doing some of that we were doing basketball and uh i was trying to create a platform for um our scholars to share their stories as their experience uh where they're from you know i they're from i guess you would look at it as these guys are from the country the guys that i that we brought from Rumbla. you know they're from a small island they were uh, they don't come from Ilo Ilo or Bacolod or something like that big cities or to them big cities you know and they also have struggles you know they're not I don't know I just love seeing anytime that people can connect and see the similarities between each other and make a connection mm. man I love that I love providing mm. a platform for that mm. it's also a platform for as you are creating a platform for those um, residents there to get out of their comfort zone I was trying to do that same thing with our scholars and say hey look mm. you know get up there you know here we have two girl scholars into a boys facility you know they're not sure what they're gonna encounter if people are gonna be rude if they're gonna be you know they don't know you know but they come up there and they, they, they go out there Tagalog's not the native language of that area in Gimaras or Iloilo or Bacolod. So they're there speaking Tagalog and trying to communicate. And, you know, it was fun to see that and see them engage. And then later on, those same scholars and some of the other uh, residents broke out with a guitar and they you know Filipinos just love to sing yeah. man and I got a video of that they were just jamming on their own nobody told them to do it started singing a song they knew and then other guys know the song and they just start singing and that was really really fun that was our first time there that was our first time like in that kind of a setting collabing with you um I don't know what was uh what do you feel like you're biggest takeaway from you had that experience you you the, the first day that we got together you were there in Bacolod City at the Social Development Center where the guys who were in the rehab facility the ones that we knew from Bacolod came from the Social Development Center and were transferred to serve certain time amount of time that their their sentences or judgments were in the rehab facility so you saw both where they came from. I mean, you know, obviously just, you know, in an afternoon, but you were there and to where they were at for those next two days, we were over there. And that whole experience from Bacolo to Gimaras and your interaction with the youth, I mean, what was, what was some of the either favorite things or biggest things that you took away from that experience? Because you did workshops at both kind. Of. Yeah, I think for me, I think there's two things. Personal favorite okay. is different from my system takeaway. Okay, right. All right. Good, good, good. My personal favorites is just hearing the raps. Okay, right. Like first in the SDC, some people be rapping. I'm yeah. like, damn, this shit is a yeah. clean flow, right. and I'm a fan of just rap for right. some reason. Right. And when we were at the rehab center. Even if I didn't understand some of the raps, right? Mm -hmm. I just hear the flow, the passion, there's yeah. a story, the reactions from other folks, how they ride the beat. Mm -hmm. I'm a big fan of that. That's why you were saying, I'm just recording, yeah, right? Yeah, and I'm yeah. listening, I'm not even rapping, I'm just the one recording yeah. and I'm enjoying it and I'm smiling, yeah. right? Because it's, it's, it's a blessing to be 
a witness to a creative process. Yeah, Because yeah. I, I love being creative. Yeah. I love rapping and all that. Yeah. But there's also another part of me that's a big fan of, of that honest expression. Yeah. Because I enjoy it so much for myself and I find the merit in doing it for myself that I also find joy when I see other folks, especially youth, mm. doing it and creating something that sounds acoustically dope. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And when the, uh, what's funny is I don't even understand some of the songs, yeah. right? And then I play it for my homie that uh, uh, understands okay. uh, Ilongo. Uh -huh. And then he's like, oh, this is funny. Like yeah, that, because yeah, yeah, no, okay. I recorded another love song for them the next day, yeah, remember? Yeah, yeah. Like with a select group of folks. And I was also hyped about that. I was like, Y'all have a whole song ready, wow. right? They they had three verses, uh, the hook ready, uh, and I was just laying it out. And what was fun was the process of troubleshooting on how to record this bare bones. Yeah. Because I didn't have the interface to my computer, so we had to mix and yeah. match some of the gear, but yeah. we made it work, yeah. right? And they were all attentive. That's they were Filipino. just listening. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, the Filipino. But we were able to get clean vocals in yeah. and record it so i was very grateful for that little process mm -hmm. and i think the other favorite little moment was when we were saying goodbye mm -hmm. and one of the dudes forgive me i forgot his name but he looked like um well, a flip-top rapper yeah. actually he gate was giving us the flowers oh yeah yeah right they made, that yeah. Ma they made out of plastic bottles yeah. so seeing that ingenuity and yeah. having a creative outlet even in that yeah. and giving it to us and having that exchange right the the gratitude in their faces yeah. that we were able to record them and even hearing back from the facilitator there like hey can we have that thing that we recorded yeah. and how happy w they were when they were able to hear their yeah. track right yeah. and yeah, the yeah, faces yeah the the light on their faces when they heard their recorded yeah. like, oh, damn, yeah, once I mixed it a little so those are my personal favorites mm -hmm. uh, because I love that creative uh, appreciation both me as someone listening and also on their faces okay. when they're able to do their work yeah. and like hear themselves yeah. right when you were asking me about the takeaway I was more so drawn to the work that you and Jojo are doing, right? Seeing these folks who are not in um, government roles or social development roles, like that's not their job, but y'all are taking the initiative on your own end and going to SDC, going to the rehab center to find ways that you can contribute, mm -hmm. right? Because this has been on the forefront of my mind recently with Twitter culture and cancel culture yeah, and yeah. critique culture. Yeah. We are very good at critiquing systems, yeah. critiquing the, the things that are wrong with the Philippine government. Yeah. Right? I have aunties, uh, uncles yeah, yeah, who be yeah. like, ah, forget about the Philippines, why are you going back yeah. there? I've had wow, that yeah, conversation yeah. with uh, folks like yeah. have told me why are you going back well, to yeah. the Philippines For just, yeah forget about that that's already mm -hmm. uh, like that's just corrupt yeah. forget about it yeah why the, how am I gonna forget about that yeah. and they've they've I know I give them some uh, leeway sure. empathy right they've Their spent experience. years there uh, give them that um, leeway to alright that's your experience and you found maybe space here yeah. in the US to thrive yeah right but I want to use y'all as an example of folks who yes have that critique but are able to build pathways of change for the youth yeah. right in ways that are relevant to you right right, right. you don't you're not necessarily the activist right right uh, in the rallies yeah, yeah. right but you are imparting your own change right. by building pipelines yeah. right this is now a pipeline for the youth who go into the uh, detention center I'm gonna call it just yeah center, sure, just sure, that's sure. how it is then to the rehab center yeah. and then now you're taking those who have come out of the rehab center to go back to that's the right, detention right. center to show the youth there that hey 
there is a pipeline for recovery, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. For uh, a way of rehab that restorative justice, yeah, I view this yeah, as yes, a restorative yeah, yeah, justice absolutely. framework, 100%. right? Of, hey, right, we're going to lower the recidivism rate through more productive ways that is leadership training, That's right. right? Leadership training and professional development mm -hmm. that is usually only in the more privileged and academically successful spaces, right? right? Not the stigmatized spaces, right? right? These youth are stigmatized That's right. to be like, ah, oh, yung mga, like the poor, the, yeah, like, ah, uh, the drug addicts, yep. you know, addict lang sila, yep, they're just yep, addicts, yep. right? And we paint a picture that their brains are different, yeah. the, their character is different, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Their, their lived experience is different. That's right. Their environment is mm -hmm. different from you. Their struggles are totally different from you, right? And so to be able to find good examples mm -hmm. of them and then build them yeah. up that y'all are doing through the the basketball programs or even just talking yeah. to them and imparting kind of principles planting those seeds and knowing that it's not just planting the yeah. seeds but watering yeah. them through a long-term vision right i my takeaway is y'all as an example of taking action in a way that is not necessarily not we we don't see it right. all the time right we don't see these people taking action in this way all the time but it's possible right well you know i want to let you know that like so you're you, know, you talked about the aunts and uncles saying you know from here or something saying hey why why do bro i got friends in philippines who say the same thing yes, they're in yes, there yes yes you yes. know and and these are people sometimes even in government who just believe that hey this is how it is and I get where they're coming from in a sense that that's the only experience they've opened themselves up to and that's what they believe but when was the last time that they shared a passion with someone and tried to connect or is that just a one experience that went bad or is it just stories of experiences that have gone bad you know i'm not saying those things that have not turned out the way they wanted or that there's no reason for disillusionment but is that your own disillusionment because of what you've done or what you've put out there or is it just stories you know like what level and, and is it and if there was a disillusionment is that a reason to stop Maybe it is, maybe it's not, I don't know. Mm -hmm. I mean, we've all done stuff that didn't turn out the way we thought it was going to turn out. But it wasn't by quitting it that it turned a corner. Mm. Or it wasn't by giving it. It was just, hey, this is what, what I can do. My, my old thing, too, is, is okay, I'm not Koya Chris, right? Mm -hmm. But I know Koya Chris, and I have relationships here, and I think, hey... I'd like to introduce Koya Chris to these guys mm -hmm. and see what he's gonna spark. Maybe I made friends with him through basketball, but maybe you're gonna see that one guy who wants to be the activist mm -hmm. or who that's mm -hmm. his platform mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or who doesn't know what his platform is yet. Mm -hmm. And he sees, hey, here's some cool guys. Here, look, this dude loves hip hop, but this dude's also about educating himself educating others stepping out of his comfort zone and things like that and shoot i love hip hop i never thought i could be that but but maybe he can you know uh, i think things like that and 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 when i hear you talking and, and talking about what we're doing one of the cool things is is that i see especially what's happening in bocolo is really driven by like jojo mm. From there, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not some dude from Glendale or Daly <laughs> City who's like, "Hey, I'm gonna make a," you know. I mean, whatever, that's fine. But when somebody from the locale, like an Epsky from Romblon, mm. goes, "Hey, you know what? I'll be vulnerable. I'll put myself out there," and and 
I want to make an impact. I want to make a difference. You know, I'll go, okay, I got basketball. Let's try this. Now, whatever that evolves into from your heart, that's what I love to see. Mm. You know, and then when you get a bunch of people who like, again, me and Jojo are here watching you do, do the thing. And we're like, oh, shoot, this is happening. This is great. Now, that's not the end. But it's a start. So, you know, after what we were talking about earlier, before we were on, a, you know, this little session here was we made a point to, we did get stuck over there in the typhoon, <laughs> which is oh, a whole other story. Oh, oh my dead. gosh. You know, that's a whole other session to talk about travel in the Philippines, man. And just the, I mean. We were hey. 30 minutes away from being on a boat that overturned. That and was crazy. People lost their lives, yeah, man. Yeah. And I mean, wow. It, it you is, know what saved us was hanging out with the kids. You're right. right. Afterwards, right? And the we end, stayed we were, extra long. Yeah, we were staying extra long just around in that front area. Yeah, man. Right? Just chilling when they were doing the guitar, yeah. just hanging yeah. out, right? Yeah, we ended up talking about having like an impromptu, like interaction with the Bacola kids and then yeah. the Romblon kids yeah. and there were you know and you're right and then someone had to pee along the way too yeah. <laughs> was it you? I think <laughs> or the driver the driver the had driver, to pee yeah, the there. driver of the tricycle had to pee but yeah man we just missed it and that was just crazy that whole I mean the weather in the Philippines and you're getting around in methods that aren't safe I mean, really, I mean, they're not safe. I mean, you, when you ride in tricycles going as fast as you can down these hills and you're overloading them, I mean, we do it. <laughs> but it ain't safe. Come on, it's not safe. What, your tire blows up? Airbag, oh airbag. <laughs> what, what the, I hope the welds on these things are okay. But I was in a car once <laughs> where the roof was moving back and forth and it was being held onto the car with ropes, bro. Dude. That ingenuity make it happen. Make it happen. <laughs> I mean, it, it's you know, it's it's funny, but that whole you know coming off of that and having that experience, you know, we said we gotta let's set a date right away to get back here. Mm -hmm. So the next goal was I think we went back in October. It's October. Yeah, early, very early October, right before I came back here. And um, to go and not do a workshop, just go for a day and spend like several hours with the leaders there, the um, social workers. Because what came out of that was, how can we help? We live in Bacolod, so we're gonna target at first the kids mm -hmm. who are gonna go back to Bacolod, because mm -hmm. we're there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, how can we help these young men who are going to come back from rehab and have to reintegrate into, um, back to their homes, back to the places and environments which were the areas where they made those bad choices, you know, and now because of that um, center where they're at, they've been exposed to some different things some different kinds of people, some different options. But yet, how do you choose those options when you're not in that environment? So, you know, our heart was to kind of understand more what their real personal stories are and a schedule like of which guys are coming out and how we're gonna do that. And so we, we you know, that was our next move to go back. And you know, I won't go into everything that we're, we're doing, but so now um, Jojo has this relationship with the two guys who recently came out. Um, as he said earlier, he's brought them back to the detention center, the social development center, to um, kind of take over what we started doing there with the basketball, mm. but let them, now what do you, we did what we wanted to do, what would you want it to look like? So one of the funniest things that one of the guys said was, he's like, man, I didn't pay attention to you guys all the time when you were talking. And now I know these guys aren't paying attention to me. <laughs> so I'm trying to tell them. And it's so funny to see them navigate that. Like they've experienced something new and they want to give it to these guys, mm -hmm. but those guys aren't ready to receive it. 
so it's kind of mentoring them through those disappointments and like but yet still pursuing the goal of like the program that they want to create there and then it's helping them navigate their personal lives i think one of the young men just recently got his uh, girlfriend pregnant and uh so they're gonna have a child and so he has to make some choices about one uh how he's gonna work with the family uh, the young lady as well as is he gonna work he was also a young man who was trying to finish his elementary education you know and so these are things that we're also trying to support them and be there to listen to them and also you know if we have advice that we can I mean the good thing is is that you know both Jojo and I were dads you know so we I mean hey man it's great you're gonna have a kid you know I love that's one of my favorite things to do in the world is be a dad but what does that come with mm. you know mm. what is that that fun part of being a dad what are the responsibilities that come with that being to fathering your kids mm. you know and you know some of these young men don't they didn't have fathers in their lives, to be quite honest with you. You know, moms hold it down for everybody. You know, so, you know, this is new territory for us. I'm used to working with kids who want to go to college and want to do, uh -huh. you know, they're, they're motivated. Uh -huh. You know, or, or star athletes who are motivated in their own way. You know, they have some kind of structure and like, you know, used to being coached or something like that. And this is very different. But yet, those same things that you know platforms that we've created in the past took years of just building relationships and just listening and being there and failing so we're at the same time that's the same approach we have and i try to encourage jojo in that too because you know he'll hit like oh man this thing happened and i'm like bro don't compare man a year ago were there kids coming out of there out of the rehab going back to where they came from to share Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying it's never happened, but were they in a structured thing where they made a commitment mm -hmm. to going back there regularly, mm -hmm. sharing their experiences, as imperfect as they still are growing, still willing to expose themselves, you know, and to guys who just knew them as the guys who were in there with them, you know, a year ago. So I don't know, you know, so to me, that's a, that's a, that's a, a positive thing. And, you know, we're still figuring out what the you know the true needs like when we went to the and you held your workshops each time it was just like well let's just try to give something but understand what their real needs are mm. still learning that mm. you know mm. but what I am um, encouraged about is like you mentioned when we first got to the rehab center how you were impressed with the place and like how it was run and and there's a reason for that man when we met those the social workers there the the head officers I mean they have a vision you know, and they also understand that they were so thankful that we were came back to learn more because we really wanted to help because their view also is, is whatever they do there, it's still hard for these guys to live it out, not in that structured environment and they need that help. So that that's where we're at right now, man. And I just, man, I appreciate you, man, for coming out. You know, again, like I've ever, you know, you're just one of those dudes who, puts their money where their mouth is and, and has a good time doing it, you know? So, I mean, you know, it's, you know you're like our, you're our podcast idol. You're <laughs> like, you know, one day we're going to have our stuff nice like that, you know? But I mean, you know, yeah, man. I thanks appreciate, for collaborating. Thanks for allowing me to go, man. Yeah. That's, it's all part of the collaborative process wouldn't have been able to go without y'all putting the groundwork <laughs> too and you know what though i want to point out what is good about your perspective what's coming out is your prioritization of the local stakeholders yeah. right and that is actually something that not a lot of the big institutions mm -hmm. prioritize right just like what you said coming out of it's jojo who's leading yeah. it it's the folks back in um, Romblon, yeah. right, Epsky, yeah. and that's another, it's like a multiplying effect. You can do something, mm -hmm. but when they take that initiative and take ownership of it, it's times two, yeah, right, dude. times three. And then, even now, the next step is when those folks that have come through yeah. SDC, then yes. the rehab center and coming back, right, even if uh, Jojo is from Romblon, it's going to be like, I mean, from uh, Bacolod is going to be times five when those with those kids. kids. 
right? That's the thing is that, see, I try to encourage people. When we first went out there to Romblon, we just said, all right, Barangay Hall, what kids want to play basketball? And little kids came out. Now we're here. And the reason I, I say that and I keep saying that is because I didn't know we were going to be in youth leadership. I just knew we had a little something to share. Mm. Okay. But it's, you know, I didn't know that basketball camps, volleyball camps, scholarships were going to lead us into children in conflict with the law, mm. children who are in recovery. Okay. I didn't know it was going to lead there. But the thing was is that, um, you're if you just start with the thing that's in front of you and be vulnerable to that you don't know where it's going to take you so now we're in a place where you, you take this scholarship program that we built in Romblon what do I do with those scholars? What do we do as an organization? We push them into leadership roles and say, okay, now you're gonna teach the younger ones what we've taught in basketball camp. Okay, you're running it, these things in the barangay. Okay, now you're running the camp. I just wanna talk here, here in these spaces. Let me say something. Hey, if I see someone not playing defense, of course I'm gonna yell at him, I'm gonna get in there, you know? But they're running, because it's about building them up. It doesn't have to follow my exact way. Uh, uh. But now it comes, so, so we see the success of that, that these young people, they want responsibility. Mm. They're nervous, but they want it. Mm. And it's the same thing. Those, that, that's the biggest thing, the takeaway for, or the connection for me is those kids in the country are no different than those kids in the city. Mm. Those kids coming out of rehab, they want responsibility too. Mm. They just need people around them. Mm. You know? So now do the same thing. All right, you, you share your experience with the guys. You share your experience back at the detention center. You, you, you put the program together. What do you need from me? Let me help you. Mm. Hey, don't worry if it doesn't turn out all exactly like we want. They don't know. They, they, they thought our uniforms were supposed to be, they're green. We, we want them to be, to be red, but they didn't know. Don't worry about it. It's fine. You know? So now we met, get to walk them and be with them through that process of them being vulnerable and taking leadership. And that's the fun thing, is that we just learn from what we did before and then try it. Mm. And again, so, so long as you're with people that you vibe with and that you share that common value for seeing people lifted up, it's all good, man. Dude, we can chill, we can get stranded, and we can make the best of it and have fun, and you know what I mean? That's how we got the podcast. Yeah, that's how we got the podcast going. We wouldn't have had time for it, you know? But yeah, man, I, again, man, um, you know, if there's ever a time that whatever we're doing there works out with you, I know, hey, you quit Chris, Filipino Garage, go put some sponsoring for them new jujitsu athletes. Hey. So I appreciate that. I'd love to get you over there and uh, you know be with those young people that you're sponsoring out there and uh, I know we'll get that going too and hopefully we'll get some of those guys from the rehab to do some jujitsu right now they don't want to hug nobody <laughs> they just want to punch so we're like we'll see where we get to you know eventually over the years but yeah brother thank you man for sure thanks man